0: Welcome to the My World, My Time podcast. In this series, I'm traveling back in time to interview historical figures who have made a positive difference in the world. Have you ever felt that you were too insignificant to fight against the rich and powerful people of the world? In this episode, we're going to talk with a young man who reminds us that power is all in the way you look at it. This is episode four, Kid Blink. We're on air in three, two, one. Today is July 25th, 1899, and we're in New York City to interview Louis Belletti, one of the leaders of the Newsies strike. Welcome, Lewis, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us today.
1: Lewis? Isn't that your name? Ah. I mean, yeah, that's the name my mother and father gave me, but I don't goes by it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, what do you go by? Most anything else. Red Blink, Blind Diamond, Muggsy McGee. <laughs> but right now, I mostly goes by Kid or Kid Blink.
0: Um... I assume they get red because of your hair color. Yeah. And Blink or Blind Diamond because of the eye patch, right?
1: That's right. I can only see out of one eye, and eye patch adds character. Yes, I can see that. Uh, But why Muggsy McGee?
0: Why not? Oh, okay. Well, Kid uh, Blink, can you tell our listeners a bit about what it's like to be a newsboy?
1: Ain't no reporter asked me that before. Mostly, they just wants to know about the strike. But, hey, sure. Uh, we wakes up in time to get the first edition, so it's damn I- Oh, sorry, lady. I ain't used to watching what I say. That's okay. Um, Just go on. Well, we works from the first edition to the last, and everything in between. Ladies and gents gotta have their news, and we's the ones that brings it to them. We drop the dough for our papes, two for a penny, and sell them for a penny each. By the end of the day, we got enough for a bed and a hot meal with dough enough to buy the next day's papes. And, if we's lucky, we gets enough to take in a moving picture, too. And what about on an unlucky day? Some days, do what you can. The fishes ain't biting. Of course, we got ways to sell a pape, even without a good headline. Because if we don't sell a pape, we just gotta eat it. Eat the newspaper? What? Nah, not eat it. The papers don't buy back the ones we ain't able to sell, so we ends up paying for them anyways. That must be rough when the news is slow. We got ways to move the papes no matter what. If the headlines ain't good, we makes up a better one. Take Washington. Everyone always wants to know what's going on there. So, we scan the papes for any mention of Washington. Anything will work. And then we shout... Read all about the White House scandal. <laughs> well, that one always sells papes real good.
0: Well, that's one way to go about it, I guess. It seems you had the system worked out pretty well then, so
1: why the strike? The Journal, The World, The Sun, The Times, they all raised the price of the papes to 60 cents for 100 during the war. We newsies didn't mind because we were selling papes like crazy during wartime, so we made our money back and then some. After the war, all the other papers dropped the price back down to 50 cents for a hundred like it was before the war. All of them, except the journal and the world. Without war news, we ain't selling as many papers as before, but they still charging us extra. I see. So you're
0: striking until they bring the cost back down to 50 cents for a hundred papers, just like the other newspapers did. That's right. And we'll strike and re until we get it. And I hear you've organized a newsboy's union, too, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. We's the Newsboy's Protective and Benevolent Union. Dave Simons is the president, and I'm the master workman of the strike. The two of us, me and Dave, took our demands to Hearst and Pulitzer. And how did that go? Well, when we get to Hearst's office, a kid asks us our business. I says... Just take me card and put it onto a silver tray and take it into the boss. I ain't in the habit of transacting no business with no office boy. So, did you get in to see Mr. Hurst? Nah. He showed us to a manager, though. Me and Dave was the fellas what spoke for the strikers and we told them true. We said we wanted the papes two for a cent, and the manager said his concern would go broke at that rate. He said he'd have to see Mr. Hurst for making us any proposition. Then me and Dave told him to hurry up for we'd keep the strike move until our demands was met. With that, we quit the place. So do you think you'll win? Yeah. We's going to win this fight. Like one-two-tree. Only we must stick together and hold firm. They can't beat us. But Hurst and Pulitzer are
0: extremely powerful men. They have all the money on their side. Doesn't
1: that worry you at all? The journal in the world has got the money, but we got the situation in our hands, and they knows it. See? That's why they got it all wrong. They think that money is the only kind of power, but it's not. What do you mean? Well, it's like in a fight, see? You got one bloke that's bigger than the other guy, right? Right.
0: Doesn't being bigger give you the advantage?
1: If he's only fighting with your muscles, sure. But if you're fighting with your brains, it might not. The guy might be bigger than you, but you might be faster. Nipping through his legs, dancing circles around him. Maybe he hits harder, but you punches faster, see? Maybe he's stronger, but you want it more. And you want it more, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how 10 cents on a 100 papes can mean more to a millionaire than it does to a newsboy, and I can't see it. We can do more with 10 cents than he can with 25. Anyway, we got boys that are loyal to us. Hurst and Pulitzer's men are only loyal to money. Me noblemen is all loyal. And with such as these to oppose their nefarious schemes, how can those old blokes hope to win?
0: Have all the newsboys joined the strike?
1: We got the Uptown Boys, the Long Island and City Boys, and the Brooklyn Boys all with us. Of course, there's always some scabs, but we take care of them pretty good. Scabs? Yeah. The guys would ignore the strike and sell the papes. A man will take a job like that's about the limit. There was this one scab last week, and after the gang had copped his papes, he goes up, and the editor breaks a leg off his table and gives it to him for a club to use against us. But me men lays wait for him, and when his blinkers was drooping, they snatches the club and uses it on him instead. The club's now found a permanent resting place in the archives at the union. <laughs>
0: well, yes, I hear things have been pretty violent.
1: Yeah, they was. We was soaking the scabs and turning over the delivery wagons, but not anymore. We's respectable now. Meetings, flowers, parades, all things like that. We told the boys last night at the rally, no more violence. I told them we's gonna let up on the scabs and win the fight on the square.
0: Yes, I heard there was
1: quite the rally last night. Um, Can you tell me more about it? It was the biggest rally that place has ever seen. (laughs) We had 2,000 newsies crammed inside like sardines and about another 3,000 more outside on the streets shouting and hollering along. We took turns giving speeches and the best speaker got a horseshoe of flowers. When it was my turn, I stood all solemn-like and said, friends and fellow workers, this is a time which tries the hearts of men. This is the time when we gotta stick together like glue. We know what we want, and we'll get it. Sounds very inspiring. <laughs> the fellas loved it. They cheered pretty loud for racetrack speech, too, but I want a coffin piece with me looks. And me gang sitting in the right parts of the house. And is that the um the coffin piece
0: you have with you?
1: That's right. The flowers is a bit worse for wear, but I gots to carry me dignity with me. That goes strong with the gangs in this row. It counts. I see.
0: The strike has been going on for
1: eight days now. How long do you think you guys can hold out against the newspapers? If the papers can stand it, we can. I was talking with a man this morning who tells me that the world in the journal's advertisers is kicking about putting up ads in a paper that ain't got no circulation. If we can get the advertisers with us, we win in a walk. Anyway, we's gonna hold out.
0: So other than the money, why is this strike so important to you?
1: We gotta show those bigwigs that just because we's poor doesn't mean they can boss us around. Our rights is just as important as theirs. We citizens too, and we ain't just gonna roll over and play dead so they can keep making more money. That makes sense. Uh, Tell me, what's one thing you would tell other people who want to make a difference in the world? Well, me ma always told me that money don't mean nothing. It's what's inside that counts. So I'd say don't let anyone tell you that you isn't as important as they is. Or that you can't win a fight just because you's not as rich or old or smart as they is. The bosses said we couldn't get a strike on no more than we could tie knots in a pail of water. And look at us now. Newsies all across New York is stepping up and fighting for what's fair and right. And we's gonna win. I certainly
0: hope you do. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And good
1: luck with the strike. Yeah. I've got to review me forces. Some of the boys need a patting on the back. So long. A few days later,
0: after losing two-thirds of their readership due to the strike, the World and the Journal offered the Newsboys a compromise. The price of a hundred papers would remain at 60 cents, but from then on the publishers would buy back any unsold papers at the end of the day. The Newsboys accepted this compromise, ending the two-week strike. But the Newsboys' strike had made waves throughout the United States. Soon, Newsies' strikes were popping up all across the country. Their actions also brought to light the poor living conditions of the boys and influenced the establishment of child labor and welfare laws in North America. Kid Blink and the other Newsies truly did help remind the world that money isn't the only kind of power and that everyone's rights are important, no matter their wealth, status, age, or anything else. Thank you for listening to episode four of the My World, My Time podcast. There are more inspiring stories to come. Make sure you don't miss them by subscribing to our podcast today. For more information on My World, My Time and how you can make a difference, go to www.myworldmytime.org. Here you can sign up to receive all our blog posts, updates on my upcoming books, speaking engagements, and more. This is My World, My Time. Reminding you to do something big or do something small, but do something to make a difference today.